0: Is it happy and playful? Is it tense and full of resentment? Is it good enough, but you're both just so tired and stressed out at the end of the day that you never really make time for each other? I think all of us can relate to all of those differing levels of happiness within our marriages. Some months or weeks, it can feel like we really have things figured out. And then other times, it can feel like we're on the verge of disaster. Wherever you are at currently in your marriage, please know that you're not alone, and there is an entire community of 3 and 30 listeners right there with you, wanting to find more joy in our most important relationships. I truly believe that this episode can help you uplevel your marriage in small but significant ways, starting today. You may remember a few months ago, I had Nate Bagley on the podcast sharing three rituals of connection for your marriage, and he talked about an event he was hosting with keynote speakers, Drs. John and Julie Gottman. John Gottman has done four decades of research on marriage and relationships, and he's known as the Einstein of love. I was honored to get to attend that event and learn from the Gottmans, and a few weeks afterwards, I held a live group call for any 3 in 30 listeners who were interested in hearing what I'd learned. And if you somehow missed the invitation to that call, which I sent out to my email list, don't worry because today's episode is a replay. So how did the call work? I used a website called Zoom, which does video conferencing, and it was amazing to see the faces of so many moms from the 3 and 30 community. There's also a chat function within Zoom, so women could write in their responses to my questions, and seeing that live input was especially meaningful for me. I'd never used Zoom for a group that big before, and I will admit, I felt a bit awkward at times, and we had some technical difficulties that led to some weird sound issues. It, but overall, it was a great experience, and I hope to do more calls like this with our community in the future. One of my favorite parts of the call was that I sent out a worksheet beforehand that I asked the women to print out. And then I periodically gave them a few minutes to think about their own marriages and sit still and write down their ideas. As a former high school English teacher, I know that time to pause and process is huge. So with that in mind, I've made the same worksheet available to you today so you can use it as you listen to this episode. Or if you're out for a run or something and you can't stop and print it right now, you can always use it after you've listened to the episode to really process and apply what you learned to your marriage. The link is in the show notes, or you can go to 3 and 30 podcastcom forward slash Gottmans. And a few quick notes before we start. During the live call, whenever I asked the women to write down their thoughts, I actually stopped talking and gave them a few quiet minutes. But for the purpose of this podcast episode, I obviously edit out those long, quiet pauses. So feel free to press pause yourself on the episode and fill out the worksheet as you are listening if that would be the most helpful to you. Also, there's one place a few minutes into the call where the sound quality shifts pretty dramatically. I apologize, but there's nothing I could do to fix it in editing. I know you all understand, but I thought I'd give you a heads up in case you're like, what the heck is happening there? (laughs) And finally, I would love your feedback on what you think of the call and if it's something that you'd be interested in doing more of in the future. I know I loved connecting more intimately with the women who listen to 3 and 30. Okay, so with that introduction, this is episode 106 Three Ways to Improve Your Marriage Today. My takeaways from an evening with the Gottmans. Welcome to 3 and 30 a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Okay, we are good and we are going to get started. I'm so glad that you guys are taking some time from your day today. To talk more and learn more about marriage. Before we start, first of all, I just wanted to say that I am amazed that so many of you showed up to be here. I was expecting about five people, and almost 300 people registered on that link for this webinar, which I think shows the power of this community and how action oriented and um, excited to improve your lives this community is. That's why I love 3 thirty. Thank you, thank you so much for being here. I was expecting this to be kind of an informal chat, and then when I saw how many of you were interested, I decided to make it a little bit more formal. And um, I sent you a sheet in your email, a takeaway sheet. If you did not get this, that is totally fine, but I would have a piece of paper and a pen um, handy with you unless you are driving, Um, in which case you can just listen. But something that's really important to me with everything that I teach is that you have time and ability to actually apply what you learned instead of just consuming information. You also then think, how does that apply to my life and to my marriage? And I think so often when we go to workshops and things, we think, um, you know, I'll apply that later. Like we learn it all. And then we're like, we take our workbook home and we're like, I'll apply that later. And then we never find the time because we're moms and we have kids and life is busy. And so I'm actually, I've actually built in to this discussion today. I'm going to be quiet and let you sit and think and brainstorm for a couple of minutes, how you can actually apply what you're learning and start practicing it today in your marriage. So you can plan on that. Let's just test the chat first um, by asking you guys where you are tuning in from. So if you have a free hand, tell me where you are. Okay, I see Austin, Texas, Arizona, North Carolina, Utah, New York, Colorado, Nebraska, Florida, um, San Diego, Minnesota. Wow. So we have moms from all over the country. I see a Canada, um, anywhere else, anybody else from around the world out beyond Canada joining us today? Let us know. It's really great to have you here. So let's get right into talking about marriage. So I'm going to keep this to 30 minutes, three takeaways, which is what I do, right? So um, I attended an evening with John and Julie Gottman in Utah a couple of weeks ago, and they are renowned, like probably the most famous marriage researchers in the world. I wanted to share the takeaways, the, the biggest takeaways that I took from that night, which is going to be totally different from other people. Um, of how you can improve your marriage. And I have to say that the thing that blew my mind the very most that John Gottman taught that night, I had never heard this before was that in the research. So he does like lab research on marriage. It's not just like anecdotal, like talking to couples. He does that too, but he also like monitors heart rate and breathing pace and, what they did in a study of, they took 63 preschoolers that were between the ages of three, that were three and four, and they tested their urine um, every hour for a 24 hour period. And they found that the children of, that, who had parents that reported marital hostility had significantly higher levels of stress hormones in their urine than the children whose parents identified as being happy and stable. And that absolutely blew my mind. That was the most surprising thing that I heard at the evening with the Gottmans was that your children's urine, um, the stress hormones in their urine can indicate whether or not you have a stable marital relationship. So I really feel like this work that we're doing on our marriage affects our parenting. And I also want to say that if you hear that and you feel guilt or you're worried because you know your marriage is not where you want it to be, and the last thing that you want to feel is now not only is my marriage not where I want it to be and I'm feeling unhappy in my marriage, but it's also affecting my kids so much that they have stress hormones in their urine, that is the last thing that I want you to feel today. I want to commend you for being here and for taking small state marriage for yourself, for your kids. So I hope you walk away with some really actionable things you can do. Okay. So takeaway number one that I learned from the Gottmans is the importance of playing with your spouse. And if you have the worksheet here, I put a quote on the worksheet that I wrote down that night when John Gottman was talking and he said, life evolves into a very long to-do list. People are partners, but they stop playing and dreaming together. And that totally hit my heart and pricked my heart because yes, like that is so accurate of my marriage that it's a very long to-do list. And when I look at it, honestly, I don't think I really play with my husband enough. Things can get so serious and you can become so product productivity based or like everything's based around the kids and you almost become like business partners and you're not friends anymore. And so this really pricked at my heart because I am very guilty of this because I'm very productivity based. And whereas I feel like when I think back on my courtship, my husband and I were super playful with each other. Now I'm, I'm the limiting factor. Like, I'm like, I got to get stuff done. I'm not As playful with him anymore, even like we don't even have a show. Like when people talk about watching a show at night with their husband, I'm like, no, that's when I'm productive, which has got to change because my husband needs me to be playful with him, to be his friend, and not just always be productivity based. So on a scale of one to 10, on your sheet, write, How good are you at playing with your spouse? 10 being, I'm amazing at it, I do it every day. One being, we're super tense right now. We don't play at all. And you can write it on your sheet. And then if you want to share it with all of us, you can type it in the chat where you're at with play in your marriage. (laughs) Unfortunately, a one. Um, I Thank you for sharing that. And I get that. And there's other women here who are the same. I see a three, a three, five, four. So we, it looks like a lot of us need to work on being more playful in our marriage. Probably a two, it makes me sad. I, I feel the same way. I feel like we, my husband and I have a good relationship, but it makes me sad that we're not more fun and playful. So your first question on your sheet, or if you don't have a sheet, you can just write it on a piece of paper, is make a list of things that you are currently doing to play with your spouse or to be more playful with him. Jot down a few thoughts there on your sheet. I'm gonna do the same. Okay, and then you can move on to your second question there as well. Um, Make a list of some ideas for how you could play with your spouse more often. Jot some ideas down. Okay, so I want you to put some ideas there in the chat so that we can all see them and we can add some to our own lists. Get a show with him, like watch a show with him, cuddle with him, interpretive dance in the kitchen. We play board games. I love that. You can write down things you're already doing or things that you are thinking of doing in the future. Fun texts during the day. Absolutely. I think um, sending memes can be a really funny, fun thing to do. Riding bikes, surprising him with dates, wrestling, date night. Um, And for sure, sex can be fun. You can make that fun. Um, and have that be a more playful thing. Touch each other during the day, huge. Comedy plays, we can both laugh together. Sometimes we play at playgrounds. I love that, lots of flirting, draw or paint together. I love it. These are such great ideas, and I just wanted to bring it to the forefront of your mind to just be aware of the importance of play in your relationship, and to just make it more of a priority in your day-to-day life, Um, I have some of my best friends attend the Gottman date night with me. And afterwards they decided that they are going to, during winter break, they're going to go on a cross country or like a Southern part of the U S road trip in an RV with their family. And that was something that was not on their radar until after they attended the Gottman date night. And they're like, gosh, we gotta, we gotta infuse some more fun. Um, The Gottmans talked about the importance of having shared dreams And even if they're just little fun dreams like that, like we're gonna go on a little road trip with our family. So I think it's important to note that you can be playful just in day-to-day interactions. It doesn't have to be like a big trip or a big milestone, but you can also do those things as well. But making play a higher priority in your mind. So on your sheet there, I want you to circle something from the list that you made and take a minute and mentally calendar it or even maybe get out your google calendar and um, when are you gonna do it this week write it down right now i'm gonna do the same okay so i wrote down that i am going to prioritize watching a show with ryan and i actually went like this when i did that <laughs> Because I'm like, oh, I have the busiest week ever. I have my workshop on Saturday. Like, can I really watch a show with him tonight? Yes, I can. He loves it. He's a quality time person. And he loves to just cuddle on the couch and watch a show. I wrote it down. It's my goal for the week. Hold me accountable. I'm going to watch a show with Ryan tonight. Okay. So the second takeaway um, for how to improve your marriage from the Gottmans is to listen to your spouse which seems so self-explanatory, but at the very end of the whole evening with them, the moderator, Nate Bagley asked them each, if you could only give one piece of marriage advice, one final word, what would it be? John Gottman said this, 45 years of research has shown me one motto. When your partner is upset, the world stops and you listen. And I thought that was super powerful. And of course I wrote it down. The most renowned marriage researcher in the world who's been doing this for 45 years says, it all boils down to when they're upset, stop and listen, which I think is really about validating, empathizing, being there with the emotions of your spouse and showing them that they matter to you. Some of you, if you're Gottman fans may know that he made famous um, the phrase bids for attention. So what that means is that in our relationships, we are often bidding in little quiet ways for each other's attention. But it's not, sometimes it's saying straight out, like, hey, can we talk? But a lot of times it's more subtle. It's putting a hand on their leg or, um, you know, looking towards them expectantly or trying to catch their eye. Our kids do this to us all the time, too. We're bidding for people's attention. And John Gottman found that in stable marriages, when your spouse gives you a bid for attention, you respond to it, you turn towards them, you give them that attention about 80% of the time. I think he might've said 86%. Um, and so it's not like every time you like drop everything. There's some leeway in there. You don't have to be perfect, but about 80% of the time, you should be responding to your, spouse's bids for attention. And one, also one thing about this quote that I think is important that Gottman pointed out that, especially when they are upset, and I don't think this necessarily means upset with you, but I think it means when they're upset about something, something is upsetting or worrying them in their world. And instead of just brushing them off, you stop and you listen as often as you possibly can. So on your sheet, I asked you what obstacles are currently keeping you from fully listening to your spouse. Think about it, write it down. And then after it's on your sheet, you can write it in the chat if you would like to share with us. Kids, bedtime phone, busy schedules, don't see each other very often. Definitely my phone, our four month old, exhaustion, I'm tired. How many of you can relate to these messages that are coming up? So many reasons, kids, Not wanting a fight, Um, I think that that's huge too. Stupid phone, okay. His work talk problems aren't something I understand well. I totally relate to that too because my husband's a dentist. I know nothing about teeth, and he like wants to talk to me about this mom who was upset. He's a pediatric dentist about this procedure that didn't go well because of the incisor something, and the I'm like, but I. I try to listen even though it's not my world. I try to listen and just say that sounds really hard. When and when you look at your list, maybe you made a list here of reasons why it's hard for you to fully listen to your spouse. Maybe just choose one thing that you have some control over. Because some of the stuff you don't have a ton of control over, but if there's something on your list that you do have control over, that you can be aware of so that the next time your spouse tries to talk to you, um, you're aware of it and you turn towards them when they give you that bid for attention instead of focusing. For me, the obvious one is phone. And I think it's so easy at like after kids are in bed to just go like lay in our beds and look at our phones. And sometimes he's trying to talk to me and I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh, but I'm looking at my phone and I'm ignoring that bid for attention. So um, the next question on here is, when is your spouse most likely to talk to you? And my spouse is most likely to talk to me right after we get the kids to bed. And unfortunately, that's the time that I'm most likely to turn to my phone. So when I kind of plug those two pieces together, thinking about when is he most likely to talk to me and how can I be more emotionally available, um, that, that helps me to make a plan for that. So, you can jot it down there. When is he most likely to talk to you? And then, if you would like to share in the chat, you can. Um, most likely to talk while we're driving somewhere, Clarissa says. During dinner, says Megan. Something about me opening a book opens his mouth. <laughs> The minute you sit down and open a book, he's like, oh, I want to talk to you about my day. Um, that's funny. It's like our children. Like the minute that I get on a phone call, all my kids need me, you know? So um, when I'm trying to get dinner and bedtime, haha. ha. So I think a practical thing to do with that is to just talk to him about it, communicate with him and be like, hey, I really want to talk to you about this thing. I have to finish dinner really quickly can we revisit this at this time? Because it's like, it's important to me what you're saying. Um, Or talking to him about the bedtime thing. Like if he's constantly trying to talk to you and at 11 p.m. and you've reached your limit, then maybe have a discussion about like, hey, I love our talks, but I am so done by 11 p.m. So can we plan for some time, like right after kids are in bed at nine when we have, like 10 minute talk time where we like meet together on the couch and talk or something. Um, So you're communicating about why that doesn't work great for you, the time that he wants to talk, and you're figuring out a time that would work better. Um, A third question here is to think about the last time your spouse was upset, not necessarily at you, because I think that's a separate conversation. The last time that your spouse was upset about something, work, kids, um, maybe a friendship, lawnmower not working, how did you respond the last time your spouse was upset? Take a minute and think about that and write it down. And then underneath that, there's a spot goal for the week. So do you wanna respond differently next time? Did you do a good job responding the last time he was upset? Do you want to have that conversation about the best time to talk to you? Write down a little goal. Okay, and then if you want to share it, feel free. I'd love to see a couple in the chat. Your goal for the week when it comes to listening. Talk to him after work today. I need to ask more questions and stop trying to fix it so we can get to the next thing to be done. Absolutely um i i tend to try to fix it too my hu- the time that my husband talks to me is at during his lunch break when he comes home and he wants to talk to me about his patients and what's happened at the office and that's hard for me cuz it interrupts my work time and so a lot of times i don't want to stop working and listen but i've realized how valuable that connection time is with him and so i just i i get myself to do it um Let's see. Sometimes I feel like he doesn't care if I listen. Should I always assume he needs it? I would say yes. Assume he needs it based on um, what John Gottman said about 45 years of research. The most important thing he said is listen to your spouse. I would say assume he needs it. I don't always return texts when I'm busy. Yes, I'm very guilty of that too. Um, Okay, lots of great goals here um, for, for all of us to think about this week. Okay, so our third takeaway on um, marriage from the Gottmans is to express gratitude to your spouse. So um, that same question that Nate Bagley asked, what is the one piece of advice that you would give? John Gottman said, "When when your spouse is upset, the world stops and you listen. Julie Gottman, his wife who also has a PhD, who's also very involved in all of this study, her advice I put on the sheet here is, Tell your partner exactly what you are grateful for. Tell them what they are doing right. And I thought that that was powerful. That was the one thing that she chose is simply express gratitude. Focus on what they are doing right. So um, I was going to have you write down three reasons right now that you are grateful for your spouse. And you can do that if you want. But you know, even better than that would be for you to pull out your phone, write a text to your spouse right now, telling them a couple of reasons why you are grateful for them. So do one or the other right now. And I'm gonna do it too. My phone is right here. Sent. (laughs) Um, So either write it down and tell him or text it to him today, maybe you just did. For some of you, it might be hard, if depending on where you're at in your marriage, it honestly might be hard to think of three things that you're grateful for. And if that is true, just think of one thing. Um, Think of one thing that you are grateful for, one thing they are doing right, and tell them. What you look for, what you train yourself to look for, you will find. You will find more of that. And when you express gratitude to your spouse, then he is much more likely to continue doing that thing that you thanked him for doing. It just builds such positive momentum and objects in motion, stay in motion. It's a natural law that when you start positive momentum, you'll continue in that direction. I'm sorry if I missed people in the chat. Um, Should we find things that are not based on productivity? Um, I, I think, I mean, it's fine to say, uh, to tell them, thank you for all you do for our family. And to be specific about that, thank you for, my husband actually texted me this morning and said, thank you for folding my laundry yesterday, Um, which he is not a words guy at all, at all. He's like the quietest man in the world. And I'm a total words of affirmation person. And I always tell him like, I need more words of affirmation. It's very hard for him. After almost 15 years of marriage, he still doesn't do this very often. But this morning he said, thanks for folding my laundry yesterday. You're the bestest ever. And I was like, oh, like it meant so much to me. So um, I think it can be something that you notice that he did for you, this productivity based. Um, But I also think that it's important to compliment who they are as a person and say like, I love this about you. I love that you are so, so positive. I love that you're such a hard worker. I love that you value integrity or Um, I love that you value play if there's somebody that really values that. So keep that in mind when you are writing them their little thank you note or text this week. There's also a few episodes on my podcast about marriage. I'm going to send a follow-up email to this call with the link to this call, the replay. And I'll also include some links to the episodes that I've done about marriage on my show Does anybody else have any other questions before we say goodbye? I'm so glad you guys enjoyed it. I'm sorry for the bit of technology struggles at the beginning, but for my first time ever doing anything like this, I'm like, okay, I think we got it. And I want to do more calls like this in the future with the three and 30 community. If you guys would be interested, pick one thing, one thing from this list and focus on it this week with your husband. One takeaway, you can do it hope you guys have a fantastic Wednesday. You're the best. Thank you so much for listening and putting up with the sometimes hard sound quality in there. I hope that you got a lot of nuggets that you can start using in your marriage to find more joy and more friendship. And don't forget to let me know if you'd be interested in more live opportunities like this. If you want the worksheet that goes along with the call, it's 3 and 30 podcastcom forward slash Gottman's, or there's a link in the show notes. So by way of recap, remember that the Gottman's advice for improving your marriage is simple. Not easy by any means, but it is simple. First, play with your spouse. Have those playful everyday interactions as well as those bigger dreams that you share together. Second, listen to your spouse and respond to those bids for attention that they're giving you every day. And third, express gratitude to your spouse, starting right now. Send that gratitude text or write a quick thank you note right this minute as soon as you turn off this podcast. I'm grateful to you for being here and for all the work you're putting in to improve your family. As always, I'm rooting for you and I hope you have a great week with your family.